All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Goal Line Podcast. So I am joined here today by two very influential people in my life. Um, probably if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I just wanted to thank them for that. But I am joined by the owners of Tactic Soccer Training, Training Joey and Josh Spivak. Guys, just say hi so everyone knows who is who. I'm Joey. Hey, guys. I'm Josh. Great. So just a brief background of these two. So Josh and Joey both coached me while I played in college at Centenary. Josh is currently the head coach at Centenary University in New Jersey, and Joey is currently coaching locally in New Jersey for Morris Elite, as well as training for tactic soccer. And then as well, they both had a brief professional career. Josh played in Belgium for one season, and Joey actually played professionally for eight years in Belgium, England, Finland, and Iceland before retiring and then decided to go into coaching. So uh, without further ado, we'll just get right into it. So guys, just real quickly, I just want to talk about with you and your professional playing experience, just what were what was probably the coolest thing that you guys experienced as a pro being in that environment? Josh, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think the most um, influential parts of even my very, very brief time playing in Belgium um, is, is just the culture, um, the culture shock. Um, you know, you think you know about soccer, football, however you want to, you want to call it. Um, and it's a totally different world. Um, it means so much more. Um, it's, it's not just something you're playing to love, um, which is a part of it, but it's also, you see guys that this is their bread and butter. They, they're, they're working. This is their job. This is the way they're going to put food on the table. Um, so the, intensity and the drive is uh, so much more intense uh, in Europe or overseas in general is it's it's just it's a different way of life it's a tough way of life um, and it's a, it's a way to say um, that these coaches and, and players are going to tell you exactly what you're doing correctly but definitely when when you're messing up and you're making mistakes it's a it's a it's a it's a culture shock for sure Joey how about you uh influential part of it um i would agree with my brother when it comes to the culture and being over there especially for me at 17 um, it was a big ask, you know, the internet was still very slow over there. Skype just became a thing. I mean, we saw the microphones on top of the laptops. That's so much, you know, that's a long go. It seems like now. And, um, I believe the biggest thing for me was realizing that it wasn't all about me and what I could do for the team. It was all about what, um, Oh, sorry. I mean, it was like all about me and what I can do within the team. It was all about what I can do for the team. And that was a big thing because a lot of things were asked uh, of me in America to get on the ball, to create. And in Europe, it was about playing my role, my position for the team, being the main guy, but the main guy within moments and, and letting the game come to me a little bit more. 
Um, and I think it was in, I think if Josh can correct me, I think it was in like the first week to month of being Europe, I realized that, you know, I was doing too much running. I was doing too much. So I think learning the culture of how the game truly is played was the most influential part that I'm even bringing in more now to my coaching and getting kids to realize here. That's awesome. So what would you say you were, you were, I assume one of a few Americans playing, right? Yeah. Uh, So what what was it like being, you know, one of the only Americans playing on a group of just Europeans or just people with different backgrounds than you? How was, how was that? Was that, was that a challenge in any way? Josh? Well, uh, in Belgium, we had, we had a, a decent amount of, Americans, um, there was, um, Canadians. Um, so it, there was a, there, there was some of the same culture that we were accustomed to. Um, but like for the first team, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those players played on the reserve team and, um, even in the youth teams. Um, but, uh, th- like I said, the, the, the culture for them, uh, learning, like learning, like what this game means to others is, is, is mind blowing, to be honest. It's, uh, it's not, it's, it's hard to put into words. It just means everything to these kids and, uh, kids and to young adults and to, um, into grown men. Um, it's just that's it's part of their life like i feel that soccer here is um a lot of the times like you know an afterthought um with a lot of kids you know oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go down and uh, i got practice today i got you know i have this that i got this later um there it's like yeah it's time to go to, it's it, it that's what they do like they don't it's not something where they they're thinking twice about it. It's, it's just, that's, that's where, that's their go-to. Yeah. I mean, to touch on what Josh said, I think a big word that every kid asked me of sort of how would you do to become pro or like, would you do like differently than everybody else? Um, and I always tell them sacrifice. And I think when you go over there, realizing how much you sacrifice, you realize, holy crap all these other people sacrifice just as much and they're willing to sacrifice just as much for what you uh, want. So what are you going to do differently in in order to stay there, to stay in the game, to progress in the game? And it just becomes a very uh, intense environment, but a massive learning environment, both mentally and physically. Um, and, uh, learning more about the mental side of the game was, uh, was a big part of it as well. So, so go, so touch on that mental side of the game. Cause I feel that soccer is just very, very mental in a lot of ways. And a lot of kids may struggle with, with the opportunities that come to them and, or the opportunities that don't come to them and it becomes a, a mental case for them. I'm sure you've seen it just coaching for so long now that, some kids tend to struggle and don't know how to how to handle adversity. So, can you just touch on you know your mental side of the game and what made you successful at the professional level? Yeah, I think the mental side of me being an athlete 
a professional athlete, me being a coach now and the way I handle the mental side of it's completely different, especially growing more now as a coach, because the, sometimes I have to let go of my professional mentality within coaching because it's so much different. You're going to have the few that will get it. And I've met a few along the way who get it. And then there's a majority who, who think they want what you've achieved, even if it's a small amount, but then they realize like there's so much more sacrifice and so much more um, of a mental side and a mentality in that, that goes into it. So I think for me, it was, I had a very good, um, solid upbringing. I had a very encouraging parents and my brother, Josh, who pushed me more than anybody and just told me that if I was going to do this, then I needed to let go of certain things in my life. And if the, if I didn't want to let those things go, they needed to follow along in my journey. Now, I think a lot of people struggle with the fact that when some things don't come along in their journey, they're not willing to let those things go. So then on the mental side of it, are you really ready? Are you ready to give up everything? Are you ready to make in your first contract $1,500 a month because you're a nobody? You know, it's uh, I see kids all the time, like the first contract, they're turning down free food, not paying for anything, free housing and $1,500 a month. They're like, oh, I don't want to get paid that. I can get paid that more in a job here. Well, the reality of it is there's, you know, millions and millions of other soccer players who will kill for that uh, other uh, for that opportunity, and that's just a start. So, I mean, there's so many factors when it comes to the mental side, but I just think for me it's the sacrifice of multiple, multiple things and being able to deal with multiple cultural challenges, um, language barriers, um, not having your family there sort of challenges, so family aspect challenges. So I think it's just so many things that play a mental role in uh, not only succeeding, but keeping it going. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just this, you know, I've, I've heard Josh talk about it so often with, with his guys at Centenary, just talking about the sacrifices you're going to have to make to be a, a successful college team. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to be able to, you know, to give up the, the social life, but I, you know, the best players I think will, and in time it'll, it'll show. But um, so let's fast forward now to to a few years ago. Now, in 2014, you guys decided to start your own training company, Tactics Soccer Training. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and touch on that, the vision behind Tactics when you first started it and the need or the void that you were trying to fill when you did start it? Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously um, growing up, I, uh, I, I love the game. Um you know, but I I quickly saw that, you know, Joey was a better soccer player than me. He was more talented than me. Um, so we would train together all the time. Um, we would do things like we used to call them plays. Like we used to play uh, in the backyard, just, you know, going through motions of things that we can do, um, you know, playing up, back and through playing the ball wide for a cross, um, finishing plays and things like that. And, and just playing different games, one V one, we, we, we started, um, uh, we used to use a speed bump for soccer tennis. Um, we had this little cage, we called it the cage where it was two, uh, sewer grates, um, 
that those were the goals and we would play one V one there. Um, and we would play for hours on hours on hours. Um, and then that just progressed into, you know, really focusing on the technical side of things and, uh, making sure that when we play, you know, when either of us played games, um, we were technically sound. We could control the ball. We could um, drive a ball, shoot a ball. Um, so we just made up our own stuff and, and sometimes only had one, one soccer ball. Um, and it's just getting as many repetitions as you can and, and getting the best out of it. Then, you know, it, it just progressed and we learned more and we kept on, on growing on our knowledge of how to get better, um, you know, back then there's not, there wasn't any YouTube videos that, that showed you all these things and, uh, or any of the social media. So it was all just us going through motions and, and figuring things out on our own. Um, so, you know, like you said, fast forward to 2014, obviously, um, and Joey's already playing overseas and we, we progressed a lot of our training to, to, to some high level stuff. Um, but it was always, uh, working on the necessities, the little things, um, the things that you don't get to work on every day in training, um, the, the technical side of things, uh, making sure your first touch is on point. Um, and then going like, you know, obviously regular training and, and fitness and things like that. But, um, so then we, you know, I, I, I was training some other kids here and there that wanted some extra one-on-ones. Um, and then we, uh, um, you know, we, we started getting more and more clients and, you know, they said, you know, we should probably come up with a name and, and get an LLC and, and make sure everything is, is covered, um, with the, the amount of clients that we had. Um, so that's what, um, that's what we ended up doing. Um, and again, we just continuously develop, um, on that, on that premise of how we grew up, um, not every session's the same and, um, each kid and each individual is different. Um, so, uh, you, it's, it's really doing things. It, it's not on the fly, but it's, it's tailored to each individual. So we came up with, with tactics, um, uh, for the reason of, tactics and in, in its name is um obviously it, it spells it, it sounds like tactics but it's you know the tactical side of the game and then fuse that with techers um and comes up with tactics so that's that's the base of all our all our training yeah i mean it, it makes so much sense and you know i love what you guys do and having the opportunity opportunity to be able to have learned from you has really shaped my coaching style as well so now I just want to ask, who was who was the genius that came up with the motto "Simplicity through Repetition" and and just go go into that and because I know you guys really really focus on just the simple things. So just you know talk about for any any younger players out there who try to do something that's maybe beyond them or something they've seen on Instagram or YouTube of you know one of those fancy freestylers doing, but it might not transition to a game so much. Just can you just talk about the the simplicity aspect of your training and how it correlates to the game more than anything else well 
Well, of course, I can, I come up with. I come up with. I come up with the, the. When you say genius, I know you're talking about me. It's not <laughs> um, no, but I was gonna give you credit. Yeah, well, that's the. Uh, you know that that's what you said. Is simplicity through repetition. Um, you know, it's people never believe me, uh, but you can ask Joey. Um, we never worked on skills. Never, ever, ever worked on skills. Joey had all these skills. Um, we never did. We never worked on scissors, stepovers, Maradona's, um, anything. It was just all playing 1v1 and whatever comes to you and doing the basic fundamentals of getting touches on the ball. Um, simple as boxes, toe taps, um, simple sole rolls, um, you know, obviously different different types of turns. Um, and it just equates to being comfortable on the ball um, with those repetitions. And you're just so much more comfortable and you have the confidence to develop those moves and try those moves. I mean, yeah, you do them in, you do them in, in practice and things like that, but we didn't, we didn't go on, let's see how many moves you can do in, in 30 seconds or a minute or something like that. It's just something that comes, it should come naturally to you um, through your comfortability and your confidence. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's awesome. That's a great motto. And, you know, I think fundamentals are just obviously the the foundation to anything. And I think a lot of, a lot of kids might start to overlook that just based on the influence of social media. So j- just go into your, your thousand touch model. Cause I know that's how you guys like to start every session and, you know, playing under you, we started every session that way. So just for anyone who's unfamiliar with that thousand touch model, just go ahead and, and explain that to all the listeners out there. Um, well, the thousand, the thousand touch, um, uh, just started, um, by, uh, just us getting better. Yeah. Like, you know, Joey getting better at doing this stuff. So we were like, you know, let's, what, what would be the maximum, um, amount of touches that you can get? Um, and, and how quickly can you get those touches? Um, so, uh, you know, a bit of effectiveness and efficiency, um, and, you know, just, rounding numbers you know 10 exercises at 100 touches you know you're there um and you can vary those up and so with the with the with the thousand touches um you know sometimes it takes kids um 20 minutes uh 30 minutes depending on the skill level Um, once they get better at it um it's it's down to 15 it's down to 10 um and if you do it as as fast as you can and as clean as you can um you can use that just as your warm-up um you don't have to do all the the other running and things like that because the way you're moving your body is is exactly the same way you're um going to be playing in a game so get in a warm-up with the ball um and, and then getting a, getting a stretch off stretch off after that um, you can you can do it. So we we came up with that just for a uh, a marker um, to to make sure you're getting those touches and you know exactly that's a thousand touches. You know if you say somebody it, 
quite honestly, it just sounds better. Like I got a thousand touches, not like, oh yeah, I got like 500 touches today. 500 is still a lot and it's very good. But for some reason, a thousand just made sense. Yeah, I mean, and it's just the the daily repetition of getting those thousand touches is just going to improve your skills so much more. I mean, you know, Kobe Bryant once said, would you go out and shoot 500 threes one day a week? Or would you go and shoot a hundred threes every day? And it's, it's just the muscle memory of the repetition. Like, you, you know, like your motto, just simplicity through repetition, just going, going back at it over and over again, it's just going to make, make your skills so much better. And it's nothing fancy. You don't need anybody. You just need, you know, yourself, some, some open space in a ball. I mean, you could really do it anywhere. And it's, it got, it kind of goes back to the way I started to structure my, my training aspect, which is just all body weight movements, because they're so simple and it's the, just the foundation of everything you need to do to make yourself stronger and to make yourself better. And you don't need much space. It's nothing fancy, but it's just simplicity through repetition, right? So Joey, let's just go back in. You know, I've been around you guys long enough to to hear some funny arguments, some not some serious yeah. arguments, but um, just talk about how the environment of training with your brother and helping and ha- having him help you get to the next level. So what just, you know, what, what was that environment like? Uh, it was the best environment. Now, the problem with people, especially in our sport, because I can only comment on our sport is, and Josh and I talk about this all the time, everybody wants to be buddies, everybody wants to be best friends, and then they want to talk crap behind each other's backs. And the thing that the thing or the shock for people was with my brother and I was we're just straight up and open to one another, whether he's going to like it or I'm going to, I'm going to like it and whether we're both not going to like it. We don't care. That's how we were raised. And we were raised to be that honest because within the honesty, you'll find success, whether it's through encouragement or whether it's through, do you need to step your game up? And we always find a common ground within it, whether it's then, whether it's then, or whether it's in a later conversation, we always have, uh, we always find a common ground. Now, the thing that people don't, the thing that people see behind why Josh and I argue or get into things is they see the argument. They don't see the passion of trying to figure out what's best for me, for for the kids we're training, you know, especially when we do the college kids and stuff like that. You know, they don't see that part. They see us getting into one another or or maybe try to outdo one another when we're just trying to figure out the best solution or the best effectiveness for these kids. Um and our dad created that environment for us very early on. Our dad never had to tell us to go outside and train. Our, even even with Josh, like, yeah, okay, I was a better soccer player, but my brother was out there with me every single day. Nobody had to tell us to do anything. And, I mean, listen, we played other little sports here and there, you know, take our mind off soccer. But we were out there every day training. And you create, like I said prior, you create a mental environment in your head. That when I'm in this environment, that's all it's about. There's nothing else that matters. There's nothing else in your life that matters. All that matters is that what you're doing in that moment. And um, and that's how we train kids now. And it's what we expect. We don't just train everybody. So there's sometimes where we're like, oh, we can't, we can't do that. We we that's not that's your kid is not for me because their mentality doesn't match how Josh and I work. Um, it could be a very frustrating thing at times, you know, especially in, in the team environment for training. But, um, but yeah, that's just, that's just the way we literally, it's the way we grew up. And to be honest with you, 
I can almost tell a way a kid's going to be just by the way or just by the environment that they come from. Right. So, so talk about how, how you said, you know, your kid might not be forced because of your passion, your energy, and it's something that your kid might lack. Just so go into what are some things that you want all of your clients and everybody you train to take away from you guys, whether, you know, whether they're with you for one session or, or three years, because, you know, I know you, I've seen you guys train the same person over and over and, you know, I've watched their skills develop tremendously over the years. So what are, what are some of the most important things that you want your your kids, whether they're eight or in college, to take away from your sessions? And then not just like physically or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or um, tactically, all, just everything. First of all, they got to come to work. And within within that work environment, that work mentality, you have to realize you're going to make mistakes. Things are going to be hard. Um, things are going to have some success. But you're going to have the downs. And even me, when I used to train with Josh, sometimes he used to be like, dude, like, relax. And then I'd be like, take a breath. And then, you know, I go into it and then it's perfect after that. Um, so first of all, they have to come with a hard working mentality. If you don't come to work hard, there's going to there's gonna be no success in the training. None at all. It's impossible. It's impossible because everybody thinks hard work is the physical aspect of something. When it's rarely the physical aspect, you can push yourself physically. It's the mental side of it. Like we keep coming back to that. Can you push yourself mentally? You just done something wrong nine times in a 10 and a 10 repetition, um, going, right. Are you going to say, oh man, it's the last one. I'm just going to like, I've already done these nine wrong. Are you going to be like, listen, last one, try to get it right. Start to start or be ready for the new repetition to come in ending on a good note. You know, things like that. And it's uh, their effort too. what effort they're bringing into the training. Are you coming to walk through the training? Because to be honest with you, money doesn't motivate either one of us. So if you're coming and you're going through the motions, like if we have a new kid or a kid's going through the motion, we'll be like, listen, if this continues, they're not training with us anymore. Because we put so much mental effort into specifying drills for that kid that we can't deal with trying to get them motivated. That's that I can't do that. It's I just I check out mentally and I'd be like, I don't want to do it. And I've gotten into it people before. I'd be like, your kid doesn't want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Just because you as a parent want to do it doesn't mean the kid wants to get better. It has to be the kid wanting to get better. And that's a massive focus. The kid has to want to get better. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love you guys. You guys are very transparent. You don't care who it is, you know, what the situation is. You're going to do whatever you can to get that kid better. And if they don't want to get better, you know, that's on them by all means. And, you know, you, like you say, you're going to try to motivate them, but you don't have the patience for it. You know, you want, you want all your guys to be ready to work and, and you'll get them better. I mean, I've seen it myself. I've been lucky enough to train with you both. And, you know, I've, you guys have helped me take my game from a freshman coming into college to, to where I was as a senior. And, you know, I, I know I owe it about 90% to you guys. I'll take 10% on my own. Thanks. But uh, <laughs> but no. So uh, before we go, Josh, I just wanna wanna hear your thoughts on your upcoming fall season for Centenary University. For those who don't know, I think I forgot to mention. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure to coach under Josh for three years, and it was a wonderful three years. And you know, I was very fortunate enough to learn what I learned from him. And it breaks my heart not to be there next fall. But Josh, just go ahead. I know. 
you have a hard schedule plan and you got a lot of guys coming in, just go ahead and, you know, what, what are you excited about? Let's, let's hear some expectations you have for the fall. Uh, yeah, right. So, I mean, we definitely have a very tough schedule. Um, and, you know, Jesse, my motto is to, to, to play the best, to see where you stand. Um, and, you know, it's not short of that. This, this, especially the, the out of conference, um, opponents, um, you know, teams like, uh, Drew Stockton, SUNY New Paltz, um, NJCU, uh, Muhlenberg, Montclair, um, uh, Rutgers, Newark. So that's just out of conference. And we have some, some formidable, uh, conference opponents, um, and we have a great core group of kids coming back. Um, each one of them has contributed last season. Um, we had a, we had a mix of, um, uh, 10, uh, incoming freshmen, excuse me, 11 incoming freshmen, um, and, uh, 12 returners. Uh, we lost eight seniors this year, so we will, um, we brought in a big class um, that I'm confident that will contribute. Um, I know a lot of people say, "Up, oh, you're going to be young. Uh, there's going to be some. There's going to be some growing pains and things like that." But um, with our mentality and um, including everybody in as soon as possible, um, I think we could be a, a very, very strong team this year. It doesn't matter the age. Um, you know, our, our motto is the best 11 play. Uh, it doesn't matter your age or your class rank. So I'm looking forward to some some big things um, from the guys returning, but definitely the the incoming freshmen um, and and some and some of the transfers that we have coming in are going to um, impact the team um, in in a very positive way. So. You know, I, I, I'm going to put this a lot on myself um, to get these guys ready to um, compete and, and win games at the, at the highest level. Um, and if they don't, you know, that's going to be on me uh, because they all have the talent to do so. It's just about um, putting in the right spots, getting in the right mentality, the tactical sense of the game, and, and move forward from there. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a very exciting year. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I have, uh, I have high expectations myself and I'll, and I'll be following along from day one, making sure that you guys are, you know, hopefully exceeding those expectations, but, uh, final things before we go, I'm, um, a high school soccer player or middle school soccer player. I'm looking to train on my own, just some ways to get better. What are one or two of your best tips that you would recommend to anybody out there just trying to take their game to the next level. Maybe they want to play to college. Maybe they want to go from college to pro. Uh, but what are, what are the top one or two things that you want to tell them before they start? Um, number one is stop waiting for a turf field to get out and train. Um, like Josh said before, we played in the streets a lot. We played soccer tennis. We played in the backyard. We played on awful fields. I mean, I didn't play on a turf field, I don't think, till I was 13, 14 years old maybe. 
and when I went to the Metro Stars. So, um, yeah, I mean, stop waiting for the perfect environment to go train. Just get touches on the ball and find a wall. I mean, we used to piss off neighbors all the time, you know, because we were in the way on the street or we were using their wall. You know, I mean, we lived in townhomes. So, you know, we had to use somebody else's wall at the end of the block. And sometimes, you know, we had to figure out how to get that done. So uh, stop making excuses. Get out. Stop trying to make it perfect. You know, we used to punt the ball to each other, trap with our laces, little skill, pass it back, throw it up again. I think the problem is, I'm thinking we tell our clients all the time is take what we give you, use it on your own. Take what we give you and use it on your own. So take the drills that you can use on your own. Um, take the techniques that we teach you on your own and and go through drills on your own. Make sure they have a little bit of practicality to them. And then also make sure you're just playing. Like, you know, I think sometimes there's too much structure. Can we just go out and play a little bit? You need the structure. You do because soccer has a structure to it and people need to understand that. But you also need to have the freedom of just enjoying being on the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if it was me, um, you know, my – now, don't get me wrong. Like you should go out and and shoot the ball, um, but there's so much more to the game than just going to find a goal, and and shoot the ball a thousand times. Um, you know, I, I I know players. By the way, I don't know he said don't. Yeah, I, I I know players. You know that that are um, defenders and and outside backs and, and 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 they're just going up to the field and just shooting the ball to goal. Um, that's not, that's not what's going to get you, um, better at the, at the skills that you need to develop. Um, and, and, and like Joey said, it's, it's, it's going out, hitting the ball against the wall. It's, it's punting the ball up in the air, coming up with stuff on your own that you can utilize in a game. Like, you know, what happens in a game in your specific position. So just try to recreate that. Um, and, 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 and really push yourself to get to the next level. It's easy to stop. It's easy to get frustrated. Um, it's easy to be tired. Um, but can you get to, can you push yourself to get a little bit more uncomfortable, um, where you're going to be training that much more, at least in your own mind than, than your teammates or if you're going like you said uh, jesse the high schooler you know can you train a little bit more than your high school teammates like you don't know if you are but can you push yourself that little bit extra um to to at least in your own mind feel like you've done more than the other the other people that are coming out for your uh your high school team um and and that's it i mean it's it's literally it's very simple. The, the game of soccer is not hard. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, you don't have to reinvent the game. You know, the ball bounces the same way. Um, so you can you can do anything you want to increase your skills um, and, um, and dedication to the game um, just by getting a ball and kicking it around. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's it's that simple. I, I believe it's that simple. It's just about actually getting out there and getting the job done. And Jesse, oh, Jesse yeah, go more, ahead. One more thing, Jess. 
you touched on it before of, I think you mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, about like freestylers and stuff like that. Um, and all these people on Instagram and social media. When, when kids are going out to train, stop going out and trying to do just the cool things that you saw on Instagram. Please, they are not applicable to a game. Stop going out and trying to see how well you can knuckle a ball on a free kick that you may never get in a game or once a game. Please stop going out and doing how many around the world, how many flicks and tricks that you never do in a game. Now, should you do them? Yes, I absolutely believe it because it's having fun. It's being creative. But it's it's become the main focus of these kids nowadays, and it shows within their play. Massively shows within their play. There's always a trick. There's always a flick needed before the ball is released off their foot. And I think the difficult part is, though, is that all these, let's quote unquote, let's call them what people are calling them influencers have influenced these kids into thinking that it's cool to do this or, you know, every kid trying to meg coach Josh and I every training session. When we tell them, you know, if you did that to us on the field where we were playing with you, we'd two foot you. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's these little things that these kids got to go out and they just got to do they can have fun. They can do the flicks and the tricks, but they have to have a centralized training session around doing things super simple and repeating and um, and just doing it all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's such quality information. I hope everyone listening out there will, will really take it to heart and then start implementing it in their training so they can take their game to the next level. So, guys, where can anyone listening who want, who has more questions for you guys, who wants to learn a little bit more, maybe a little bit more about Centenary as well, where is the best way that they can reach you guys? Um, they can reach us at uh, via email um, is the easiest way. It's uh, simple, tactics at gmail.com, and that's T-A-C-T-E-K-K-S. Um, and then Instagram, um, and Instagram handle is tactics underscore soccer underscore training. Um, and also on Facebook is, uh, tactics soccer training. Uh, centenary is, um, uh, centenary cyclones, um, dot com. Um, you can, you can find us on, on the, you can find me on there, um, and any information you need. Awesome. Awesome guys. I really, really appreciate you guys coming on for my very first episode. Like I said before, you guys mean, mean a lot to me and a very impactful in my life. So I really do appreciate this and thank you. No problem, man. Our yeah, pleasure. No problem. Just, just, uh, one thing, um, Jesse, uh, puts a lot of effort into his his goal line um training uh a lot of his stuff is very useful for um soccer players in general but um he's got uh specific things for goalkeepers but other sports the 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 body weight exercises the explosive exercises um those things are going to benefit you more than um getting in a gym and, and just lifting heavy weights Th- these are real life exercises that um jesse has took a lot of time to um uh hone in and and perfect uh to to utilize uh on the field of play um and it, it's going to translate from the gym straight to the field and and you're going to see it uh 
if you start to do this, those that training religiously. Yeah, Jess. Yeah, Jess. I think um, from a professional professional aspect, I really appreciate you um, finally going into stuff. Not finally, but really finding your way in stuff that's all body weight. Like I used to, you know, say to you, I used to say soccer is different than every sport, and all the all these kids are bulking up and can't, you know, can't move anywhere. Uh, and soccer's not like that. When your stuff, you can do it. Everybody listening, you can do it in season. That's the best part about it. So you don't lose the strength. So you're not having these muscle tears. And to be honest with you, knock on wood, these ACL tears because you did all this heavy weight and now your body's not used to itself because you're not doing the same weight in season. Body weight is the most important aspect of physical training that you could do for soccer. And this is coming from a 5'7 kid with the right shoes on. Um, kid who never got bodied off the ball ever and still doesn't. So you don't need to be big and ripped and and jacked to do all these things. You just need to be in tune with your body. And I appreciate you finding your way in that, Jess. I appreciate those kind words, gentlemen. All right. Well, again, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Jesse. All right. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right. Thank you.